Hi, I'm Brian Wiggins. I'm an aspiring voice actor, and this is. Oh, don't you oh, dear God! Oh, son of a bitch! And these are my misadventures in VO. Hey, everybody. Brian here. Thank you for joining me for yet another episode of my misadventures in VO. So in today's podcast, I'm going to talk about three things that I've done in the last week. Uh, mostly of them are kind of mistake or a mistake adjacent or, you know, good things. But it's three things that I'm going to give you, three ideas that I want to plant in your mind about what to do to pursue that job, that career that is going to bring you joy. And through that, bring your family joy. The title of this podcast might be a bit misleading. While yes, this is about my journey into a new industry for me, ultimately my goal here is to talk to people who are not happy in their careers, specifically people who are in their 30s or 40s or maybe even 50s, 60s, whenever, who are miserable who always get a case of the Mondays, who are living for Friday afternoon when they can walk out of the office. What I'm really trying to get at with this, uh, something that I struggled with, was that I was getting older and I kept on telling myself, it's too late. I can't switch careers now. I don't want to switch careers now. I've come too far and I just can't go back and start over And what I came to realize for a whole bunch of other reasons, which if you listen to earlier episodes, you'll get a taste of the whole purpose that I came to or the whole thing, the whole realization that I had was that it's not too late and that it's never too late. And that getting around this mentality of I'm in my 30s, I'm in my 40s, I'm going to be turning 42 in a few months, that it's too late to start over is just, I think it's wrong. I think we sold ourselves a bad bill of goods. Um, I realize that my situation is different. I don't have kids. I have an easier time. Maybe I'm a little bit more nimble. And I realize that if you have other responsibilities that just up and leaving a job is not always the easiest of things to do. So I'm not going to sit there and just be like, hey, just do it. But what I am hoping to do with this podcast is to get you thinking about it so that you can start to take action on it. Because The premise I'm really going on is that your family will likely be happier if you're coming home happy every day from your job rather than not being happy coming home because you're going to bring that home with you. Now, listen, if you have other things in your life that are bringing you joy and passion and the job is just a means to an end and you're not really miserable, that's fine. That's I'm not telling you that you just have to up and leave and go do something crazy and try something new. But If you're like I was, where I was at work and I was trying to convince myself in the biggest way possible that I was fulfilled when I really wasn't and there was something else that I wanted to do, if that's how you're feeling, I want you to at least consider the idea of trying something new. One of the things I'm going to be doing different with the podcast moving forward is one, not recording the video anymore because it's just a talking head of me. If you want to see my talking head doing funny voices with my mouth, then you can follow me on TikTok and Instagram and Twitter and you can see all the fun stuff that I'm doing there. But 
what I want to do with the podcast moving forward is to really focus more on the career side of things, focus again on the mistakes that I'm making, and see if there's a way this translates at least in theory, to other career pursuits for other people who are not necessarily looking at doing things within the voiceover community, but doing things anywhere, really, uh, trying to find a way to find passion and find joy in their work. What I can say is that my dad, and we have a good relationship now, but he went to work at six in the morning from South Jersey all the way out to Bristol, Pennsylvania. And So it took him about an hour, 45 minutes to get to work. And he wasn't home until 5.30 or 6 o'clock at night. So he was out of the house for 12 hours a day. And he wasn't always, I don't want to say he was unhappy when he got home. I think there was some irritability there. Um, But his routine was he would come home, say hi to everyone. And then basically he would plop down in his chair and he would watch the news until, you know, we had dinner. And then it was Wheel of Fortune, Jeopardy, and then if there was something on and he was usually asleep by 8.30, 9 o'clock. Now, I'm not saying that I'm ungrateful for the work that my dad did. Um, there's lots of things from my childhood that I'm working through in therapy now about whatever relationship that was. But I don't, I don't begrudge my father for going out and earning a living and providing a nice experience, providing a nice environment for me to grow up in for my brother and I to grow up in. I don't hold that against him, but I wonder if he had done something that maybe he found more joy in. He's doing a lot of woodworking now. Maybe if he had pursued that sooner, would he have been happier in general in life? I don't know. Maybe he would have been more able to engage with us kids because he wouldn't have been as tired. I don't know. But you have to ask yourself, is that what you're bringing home every day? Because, I mean, I'm a husband, I'm not a father. I'm an uncle, but I'm not a father. So I can't speak to that experience. But I can say that when I was not happy at work, I did bring that home. As much as I didn't want to, it still came home with me. And I was not the best husband I can be. And I was focused on the money. I thought that I had to earn a certain amount of money. I've reevaluated that lately. And that's something I just think you should have a conversation with, with your family. Is it really about that? But anyway, All right, so one thing that I started doing this week is I am rebuilding my booth again. Now, this is version, let's see, one, two. This is going to be version four of my booth. Version one was I had a hood on my desk. I had a microphone there, and I put up some of this, I'm going to call it soundproofing, sound treatment, but it really wasn't sound treatment. It was the wrong stuff, but I put it up to take an echo out of the room, and it did improve my podcasting, uh, but for actual professional recording, it wasn't great. It wasn't keeping the sounds from across the street, the school across the street out, and it made recording very, very difficult. So that was version one. Version two was I took all of that, I'm going to say in quotes again, sound treatment, and moved it into the closet in my office, and I converted that into a recording booth. There was improvement in the sound, but it still wasn't what it was supposed to be because, again, I had the wrong sound treatment in there. 
I eventually got new sound treatment in here, which has resulted in the current sound in the booth, and it sounds 1,000% better. And I know that I'm going to continue to improve upon this booth as I go, but that was version 3. Now, version 4, I'm going to be completely relocating my microphone to hang from the ceiling. I just installed two LED lights so I can actually have light in my booth and not just be in this weird dark room. But this ultimately is going to be version 4 when I finally get the parts delivered to make this recording booth and continually evolve. I'm actually looking forward to this. I like building things. I like making things with my hands. And I always like the constant improvement process. But what I'm trying to get at with this is that when you're pursuing that new career, we've talked about this before. I've talked about this before. You're going to make mistakes. Don't be afraid to take a risk and get it wrong. Just go ahead and get it wrong. It's okay. Nothing bad is going to happen. For the most part, there's very, very few fatal mistakes that you can make in pursuing a new career. Very, very few. There are some, and you should be aware of those, but point number one here, don't be afraid to take a risk and get it wrong. I've gotten it essentially wrong with the booth, like really wrong, at least twice. As I continue to evolve, I'm probably going to discover some other things that I'm doing wrong. I learned this week uh, when I started my coaching that I really should be using uh, paper scripts instead of using my tablet so that way I can actually mark them up and make notes on them. I can't really do that on a tablet. That was kind of a mistake. I thought I was being, oh, technological. I'm going to have my tablet here and do it that way. And for certain things, it works. But for a lot of the shorter stuff, I needed to do it a different way. So go ahead and make take that risk. Go ahead and make the mistake and get it wrong. Just go and do it and then fix it as you go. This goes to the 80-20 rule, which as it applies to technology development, specifically like app development, website development, any kind of development where you're trying to build a product, you have an idea in your head of what the finished product will look like. But what most people do is they wait too long and they try to get it to be 100% right before they launch. And a couple things happen. One, you spend a lot of time and money in a lot of situations trying to get that right. And in the end, you didn't need to spend that time and money. The idea that has been floated and used in most technology development for an app, for an example, they want to get to a minimally viable product, realizing that the final 20% of features might not even be used ever. Most of your audience will want those core features. So it's the same thing with you launching a new career. Get yourself to a minimally viable product and just jump in and start going after it. Don't try to get yourself to 100%. If I was going to do that with voiceover, it would be three or four years probably before I had the money put aside to really do it up. And if I listen or when I listen to other voiceover people, they all a lot of them did the same thing where they just started building as they went. Eventually, I'm going to get a better microphone. I'll get a better setup. I'll start installing monitors in here so I can control my computer from here. I'm going to build as I go. But ultimately, what did I need? I needed a good microphone. I needed a quiet place to record. I needed good sound in the room. Well, I got that. And I've built to that. So figure out what the most minimally viable product is that you need to be to get into your new career. And get to that point and then launch. Don't wait until you get to 100%. Get to 70, 75, 80% of where you need to be, and then you're going to find out as you go you need to change. Now, you should know what the fatal mistakes are. And I said before, there's not a lot you can do that's really going to mess up your world. 
give you an example. In voiceover, and I came, and in fact, I, I made the mistake, but I backed off just in the nick of time. The fatal mistake in voiceover is being heard too early. And I had one of my uh, webinar instructors say this, that she said, you can never be heard too late, but you can be heard too early. If I were to self-produce a demo, which I did, and I quickly removed them because they were terrible. But if you do that and it gets into the hands of professionals out there and they hear that bad demo, that can actually put that scarlet letter on you for a long time because your name's going to come up and they're just going to say, oh, no, I heard his demo already. I don't need to listen to what he's doing. He doesn't know what he's doing. That's a fatal mistake in voiceover. In voiceover, you have to get the coaching. You have to get to the point where you have a professionally produced demo and you have to have the skills to get there. And I didn't know what I, I don't know what I don't know. And so I'm taking my time now. So that's a fatal mistake in voiceover. That's really the only big one. I mean, there's some others as far as being like an absolute jerk to the people around you, uh, you know, not being a professional. If you have to go into a studio, there's other things you can do that might be considered fatal. So it is important to find out what are the fatal mistakes within the industry that you want to jump into. Again, not a lot of them, but find out what they are. Talk to people, do your research, find experts in the field, do understand what the fatal mistakes are before you move forward. So that way you don't make them early on and maybe wreck yourself beforehand. But again, not a lot of them. Don't let the fear of risk keep you from pursuing whatever job it is that you want to go after. Figure out what that is, go after it, and just avoid running off a cliff. Finding that balance. Don't let the cost of the new industry be the deterrent. So I just mentioned that I started my coaching this week. I was really excited about this. Now, when I first started in voiceover, I was very, um, what's the word? Reluctant, reticent, stubborn as hell about getting coaching. I didn't want to do it. I don't need to do it. My voice is fine. I can find out everything I need to learn on Google and YouTube University. And listen, there are a lot of resources out there to help learn how to do this. But ultimately, I needed to get that one-on-one attention. Someone who's actually going to, I can only learn so much. I can learn the setup and I can learn how, you know, good microphone technique and warm-ups and delivery. And I can read and I can watch the videos and I can learn a lot. And, you know, I'm still going to do that, but it does not ever replace that one-on-one interaction where someone can listen to how I've read something and say, this is how you do it the correct way. This is where you need to change. Uh, An example I'm going to give here that kind of resonated with me after I heard it for a while was through uh, Journey Journey into VO podcast hosted by Mike Lentz, who has said repeatedly, That Serena Williams is the greatest tennis player in history, greatest in the world. And I think that's pretty undeniable. And Serena Williams has a coach. So if the best person in the world has a coach, why wouldn't I need a coach, right? So I started working with James Andrews this week, who's another voiceover talent. He does a lot of commercial, a lot of narration stuff. So we're working on specifically narration. 
Uh, he's fantastic. He was awesome to work with. We had our very first session. I learned a lot just in the first hour that we spoke. I learned about how I should be having paper scripts in front of me for some of these reads to mark it up. He showed me real quick what I should be doing to mark it up. He gave me some exercises. He pointed out a few things that I was doing uh, unconsciously that would help that if I stopped doing them, I would get better at this. He actually told me the difference between the and the, which pronunciation-wise, it blew my mind. Little, little things like that. So I'm really looking forward to getting into this, getting more into this, because it means I've taken my first real big serious step to getting to that demo and making this real, where I can really start marketing myself. I had mentioned before, early demos are fatal in VO. The coaching was required. And I finally got to the point where I said, you know what, I'm going to stop fighting this. I'm just going to go ahead and do it. And so I know I needed to save up money because, I, again, you can't do this alone. I needed to get some money together because coaching is uh, not, uh, not prohibitively expensive. The, the demos get to be expensive, but the coaching itself is not that expensive. But it is a sizable chunk of money when all I'm doing is making a few bucks here and there from the audiobooks. I've made, I have gotten a few paid gigs. I've got the side hustle uh, or the side gig of working at my uncle's restaurant that I've mentioned before. So, you know, there's a limited amount of money coming in and I got to make sure that I'm taking care of my responsibilities before I go and just spend money on this stuff. You know, bills got to get paid. But I know that can be a big challenge to some people. So the point here is don't let the cost of entry be the only thing that keeps you from doing something. There's lots of things that might keep you from doing it, but don't let the cost of entry. Now, listen, if we're talking that you need a multi-million dollar investment in doing something, that might it's a much larger investment than the several thousand I'm going to need to get my demos produced. What I would recommend here is, well, a few things. Don't let that money be the thing that says, oh, well, I would do this except I don't have the money to do it. Okay. This is where you have to make some decisions. Go get a side hustle. Maybe you do need to work a second job or a third job. Maybe you need to go flip things. Maybe you need to go to a garage sale or a consignment store and buy something for cheap there and then go flip it on eBay. I would highly recommend you listen to the Gary Vaynerchuk podcast to learn about that. He's got a lot of great thoughts on on flipping and things like that. But find something. Go through your basement. Find all of the crap that you have sitting down there that you haven't touched in three years and throw it up on eBay or on the Facebook marketplace or something like that and go sell the things. Get Start putting some money aside. From every paycheck, what I've been doing every time I get paid, I take some of that money and I put it into an envelope and I keep that envelope hidden. Don't you guys try looking for it. Um, but I keep that money aside. And, and then that way I know I've got it put aside. It's not sitting there in my bank account. I don't touch it. And that is for my coaching. It's for my demos. Go and do that and have patience. You don't need to have all the money right now. That was something that I really struggled with. I'm looking at the final number that I'm going to need to spend on demos and on coaching. And I know it's going to be an ongoing thing. And at first I was like, oh my God, this is going to take me forever to do. I'm not going to have demos. And and I was getting so frustrated and so upset. And then I finally took a step back and said, it's okay. Be patient. I'll get there. Now, every now and again, I still have that urge of, oh man, I really want to hurry. I really want to hurry because I'm so excited to get involved in this. I'm so utterly excited to be involved in this, but I need to be patient because this is the question you need to ask yourself. What's more important, doing it now 
and being unhappy or taking your time and having long-term happiness. In other words, yeah, you might need to save some money. You might need to go get a side hustle. You might need to figure out how you're going to do this, but it doesn't have to happen right now. Be patient with it. Go and do the things that you need to do in order to put that money aside, whether it's to go launch a barbecue sauce business and go take the world by storm there, or maybe it's that you want to become an actor, or maybe you want to start your own consulting business, or maybe you want to be a photographer, or whatever it is that you're looking at and saying, man, I really want to do this thing. This is my passion. This is where I'm going to find joy in my life. Take the long view of it. It does not have to happen right now because you're going to look at it right now and say, I don't have the money, so I'm just not going to do it. And then I'm going to continue to be unhappy because I let this one thing get in my way. Or you can look at it and say, you know what? I'm going to have to sit there and work at this other job that I don't really like for another year or two. But this is the plan I have to save the money I need so I can finally walk into my boss's office, give my notice and go start doing something that I'm really, truly going to enjoy. Don't let a barrier like that be the only thing that keeps you from getting to where you want to be. Point number three this week is start that side hustle. So I started a Patreon and a thing called Coffee. Uh, ko-fi.com. They both essentially do the same thing. It allows people to either just throw a few bucks your way or they can subscribe at a monthly basis and you'll get, they'll charge their credit card and you make a few extra bucks. So I started doing this on the voiceover side. Now I will say that the Patreon and coffee thing are really related more on the creative side of things. Um, artists tend to do a little bit better on this because they have something more tangible that gets released every month. Um, I know there's a company called Penny Arcade that has done a really great job of starting something they called Club PA, where you get exclusive comics from them. Uh, you get early access to their podcasts. There's articles upon articles about how you can do Patreon the right way and make a few extra bucks. Now, my plan on this was to launch it and I have a pretty good TikTok presence that I've been talking about over the weeks. By the way, folks, if you're not on TikTok, get on TikTok and start producing. The, or- the organic reach is amazing on there. But I started this idea of, oh, I'm going to have some exclusive content through the voiceover work that I can release to the fans that I have on TikTok. And I really haven't gotten anything from it. The problem was, was that I didn't create value up front. I didn't have an engaged fan base. Yeah, I've got 26,000 people following me on TikTok right now, but how engaged are they? Not engaged enough, obviously, because I didn't really get, I I got nothing off of this. I'm making maybe 13 bucks a month, maybe 15 bucks a month off of Patreon. And I'm very thankful. I'm very grateful for the people who are doing that for me. I love that. But it's not sustainable. I, what's 13 bucks a month going to do? It's not, it buys me a cup of coffee to, for, for lack of a better example. The mistake I made was that I launched too early with the Patreon. So what I did this week is I posted a video on TikTok and I said, hey, do you have an original character that needs a voice? Comment below and let's work together. Let's put something together. And I had about uh, almost 100 people respond to this, that yes, they wanted me to provide a voice for their original character on TikTok, which was awesome. A little overwhelming, but it was awesome. A great feeling that, hey, there's people that actually might want to do this. And someone asked, hey, how much does it cost? And I said, no, this is free. So what I did was then I sent them all a little survey so that way I could get some information about their character and I'm going to email them back and forth and I'll be able to start working on this. And it does two things. One, 
It gives me an excuse to practice the character part of my voiceover work, and it makes it a lot easier for me to create content, right? Because now people have been giving me ideas. I don't have to sit there and brainstorm it. And it challenges me to work outside of my box, outside of my comfort zone of, hey, this is the content that I've been making, the subject matter I've been tackling, the kind of humor that I have, or the kind of when I go for the dark voices, how I go with that. This is really going to challenge me. And so that's a really good thing. But the other thing, I think the more important thing is it's the joy that I'm going to be able to help bring other people, the value I'm going to be able to create for them. And that's really why I wanted to do it, because I like seeing when people get excited about this stuff. And there's people that are on TikTok that have these original characters that maybe they just don't have the ability or haven't thought, or maybe they just don't have the uh, the courage to go out there and try doing something with their voice, which is perfectly fine. Um, so I'm really looking forward to this. So the point of this was to start that side hustle, but create value first. Now, I'm not talking about just going out there and selling stuff. If you just want to go out there and sell stuff, that's fine. Obviously, the value is built in. If it's something that somebody wants, they will pay you money for it. And again, just Google how to sell things on eBay and you'll get all the information you need on on how to properly put headlines and descriptions and all that other stuff. No, what I'm talking about is if you're doing a side hustle that is going to be a little less a little less tangible, a little more intangible, you have to create the value first. That was the mistake I made. I thought I created value just by putting those videos up. And yes, there was some value there, but the value wasn't enough to get people to click over and say, yeah, I'm going to support you on Patreon for $1 a month which is all I was looking for. That's all I am looking for is $1 a month. I figure if I get 200 people to do that, that'd be freaking phenomenal, right? I didn't create the true value first. So that's what I'm doing now. By going out and creating these voices and doing it for these 80 to 100 people and creating these things and having an ongoing relationship with them, one, I help boost them, which is a good thing, right? That helps get their name out. Maybe they get some more followers. But it also creates the value of, hey, Brian does this really cool thing. So maybe in several months, I can do that ask again. And the people who have helped me with this or the people who have helped so far might help signal boost that. Maybe they'll be more willing to do a dollar a month. I don't know. But create that value first. So whatever that side hustle is and go out there and start it. Go out there and start a Patreon. If you're doing anything vaguely creative that's drawing, that's voice related, singing, music, spoken word, that's sculpting, food. Uh, there's people that are doing podcasts that are th- they're doing it through Patreon. Whatever it is, whatever you're going to be doing, create that value first, but go out there and just do it. Start the Patreon, tie up the page, start looking at it, create that value, and then make sure later, once you've created that value, that's when you make, the, that's when you make that ask. So, but the trick to this is that you have to actually go do it. And ultimately, that's kind of the whole point of this, of the whole podcast, of these three tips here. You have to go out and do it. It's all about the execution. It's, you can't just sit there in your own room, in your office, and dream about it. It's nice, but you got to take the next step. Go out there and do these things. Go out there and execute. Start taking the first steps in order to make yourself a truly happy person. Because if you're happy at that, you're going to be making the people around you happy. You won't be bringing that home with you anymore. 
Well, that brings us to the end of another episode. I would be remiss if I did not mention my Patreon, patreon.com slash brianwigginsvo, and humbly request that you follow me for $1 a month, so that way I can continue to bring you this quality content that you crave. That would be awesome. I would also love it if you could all please share with me what your challenges are. What are the goals that you have to bring joy to your career? What is it that you would like to be doing? And what do you think is keeping you from doing it? Because maybe we can hive mind it together and we can solve that problem and we can come up with solutions for each other so that way we can all find a little bit more joy in our lives, in our careers. That would be awesome. So you can hit me up on Twitter at the Saint Brian, or you can reach me at my website, www.brian-wiggins.com. Thank you, and we'll talk soon.